welcome to another episode of You Like That. Probably the episode I've been most excited for thus far. Um, If you follow me on Twitter, you've already seen I've done some teasing about what the episode will entail. If you read the episode title before you started listening to this, you kind of know what the episode's going to entail. But before we get into that... um, I figured I would do a like live reaction to the Stranger Things trailer. It came out, I think, on Monday. It's Thursday now, um, and I haven't watched it yet just because I haven't had the time. Um, so I figured I would watch it and live react. So I'm pulling it up now. I should have done this before I started recording. I'm definitely excited for Stranger Things 4. I don't know, like... I don't know. I, I'm i excited for it. It kind of feels like so far in the rear view now. Like the last season came out in like 2019, which just feels like such a different portion of my life. I think a lot of people feel like that probably. I mean, pre-COVID like was when the last season came out. Also, like all of these kids are like older now and feel more like my peers than they did when I was like 19 and they were like 15. So it's like weird seeing them be like 20, 20 year olds in this show where they're still playing teenagers and me being like, oh, that's, that's weird. Like they're supposed to be children, like 14, 15. Um, so that's interesting, but I'm excited. Definitely excited. Um, I've seen already some like theories and stuff like that on possible, Characters returning, yada, yada, yada. Um, But I'm just going to dive into this trailer. Very ominous. Oh, that was creepy. Oh, R.I.P. Billy. Dear Billy, I don't know if you can even hear this. Shout out to our girl Sadie Sink, too. Like, I hope she's in bigger projects starting soon. Left, everything's been a total disaster. <gasps> For a while, we tried to be happy. Normal. I know that's impossible. Okay, so this clock and time has something to do with it. Far from Hawkins. Because I thought you'd be safe. The war is coming. I'm afraid your friends at Hawkins are very much. It's like haunted house and the clock stuff is giving like ghost vibes, which is not really ever been part of the show. Oh, she doesn't have a power? Oh, is it the old man from like season one? It's giving Halloween. See you on the other side. On the other side. I was convinced I was put here for some other reason. Maybe I can still help. Even if it's the last thing I do. Big fan of this this remix that's going on with the music. What in the damn hell? It's time. 
Okay, so the theory I've seen is that this creature at the end is Billy. Okay. Um, hmm. It feels like the vibe is a lot different than previous seasons, which I guess makes sense. Um, I don't think there's like a major passage of time, but surely they had to do at least like a little bit of a passage of time because like I mentioned, all of these actors and actresses are like 20 now and they were like 13 when this show started filming. Um, I don't know. I guess one question I, I have, and maybe someone who pays more attention to Stranger Things has an answer to this, but like, was that trailer for like the entire season four, like volume one and volume two, or just volume one? I'm assuming it's for like the whole season, but if somehow that was only for volume one, that's fucking insane. Like, there's gonna be a lot packed into this. Um, I'm excited for hopefully Steve to get a lot more screen time again. He kind of didn't get as much I felt like in season three and he's one of my favorites um kind of fits into the trope of fictional men I like um yeah I'm intrigued I'm intrigued <laughs> excuse me uh if anyone has any thoughts maybe wants to talk about this when it drops I'm sure I'll do like either a podcast or uh at the very least a newsletter on it so hit me up if you want to talk about Stranger Things. We'll move on to the brunt of today's episode now because even with me cutting out some extra talk at the end, it's still still a very lengthy um, midsection to this episode. So I have brought on my very good friend, Jake Fine. Uh, Jake and I have been Marvel movie buddies all year. We've gone to all of the movie premieres together um, and try to watch like the shows together when we can, Star Wars as well. I could have brought Jake on for any number of things to talk about. In fact, like there's a show that I'm going to talk in the top five pop culture things to pay attention to that's coming out called Heartstopper that we're planning on watching together. Um, like we could have talked about that. We could like we could have talked about anything. But Jake kind of posed this idea to me that we're going to get into um, a while back while him and our other two friends, Jared and Andrew and myself, were watching um, the original Star Wars uh, trilogy during one of the snow days. And I kind of like thought about the question and thought about it. And I was like, why don't we just do this as a pod episode? And so I'm really excited to chat with Jake, and I hope you all are going to enjoy this. Okay, so as I just mentioned, I'm here with my very good friend, Jake Fine, and we are both very excited for this podcast episode we are about to record. Uh, we've been talking about it a long time <laughs> for like a couple weeks, but like it got brought up like a couple months ago. Jake was actually the one that kind of asked me this question and got me thinking about it for the first time when we were watching the original trilogy um, a couple months ago. But yeah, so basically what we're doing today, Jake, do you want to explain? Um, obviously we know Star Wars fans have a lot of issues with the sequels, whatever it may be. So uh, we're gonna try our best to rewrite them, make them better because obviously we know it's best and Disney does not. Yeah, we are both pretty big Star Wars fans. Um, I've watched everything that's out. Jake is working his way through Clone Wars, correct? Do you know, where are you in Clone Wars? Um, I believe Cad Bane just stole, what's it called? That has all the Force-sensitive children on it. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Which open their little kyber crystals and stuff. A bit of foreshadowing. Oh. Are we right? <laughs> oh, interesting. Uh, but yeah, so we're reworking these. Neither of us has shared any of our ideas with the other person yet. So this is all going to be like authentic reactions, potentially some overlap. I don't know. I think sometimes we have similar ideas. So we'll see if any of this is the same. Um, before we dive into it, 
we both kind of rewatched at least The Force Awakens. Did you end up watching The Last Jedi too? Um, I watched about half of it last night and then <laughs> got tired and went to sleep. That's that's fair. So we neither of us watched The Rise of Skywalker, but both of us watched um, episode seven and then part of episode eight. What were your biggest pet peeves about the sequel trilogy? And like, what were the things that like immediately annoyed you, I guess? My biggest one has always been Ray and Kylo Ren because like what even is that like their little force facetimes I've always hated and, you don't like, like the force the force dyads no, <laughs> no. no. like I just feel like they don't make sense to me like because I don't know it's is it romantic like the romance between them feels weird and like when they kiss at the end it's really weird I think I literally groaned when I watched it in theaters like their whole relationship is like just does not make sense to me and I think like the force FaceTime is my kind of punching bag for that that's fair that's fair I at the risk of sounding bad I have never liked Ray very much as a character in general I think there's some internalized misogyny about that I'll be I'll be honest like she's she is pretty much exactly the same character as Luke, at least in The Force Awakens. Like, very whiny. Oh, I want to go do something bigger, blah, blah, blah. Like, um, and I, I mean, I haven't really ever loved Luke either, but I definitely tolerate him more than Rey. So I'm working on that. My big thing, though, because I've always had a thing for villains, I hate that they introduce Snoke, make him this huge character for the entire first movie, and like through part of episode eight and then just kill him off with no indication of who he was, how he rose to power, any of that. Um, that has always annoyed me. There was a lot of like speculation between episode seven and eight about who he might be. And then I think everyone was let down when there was just no answer about that, so. Yeah, and there's really, I don't know, felt like there wasn't a reason to kill him. Like if, if, I don't know, if that's how they bring back Palpatine or something, which that's its own thing. We can <laughs> yeah, talk about that later, but like, I don't know. It's just like, they killed him, but like, why did Kylo Red do that? Like, it just didn't really make sense. And then he was gone and they didn't talk about it anymore. So mm-hmm. it's like, so what was he doing there? <laughs> yeah. Also they, I noticed that in The Last Jedi, they imply that like Snoke had been like, courting Kylo basically like during his Jedi training and like trying to recruit him or like they mentioned that they had like known each other prior to Kylo joining the First Order which makes sense because obviously there had to have been some connection but like how what was that connection like how would Snoke know this random ass little scrawny kid who was being trained to be a Jedi like that doesn't make any sense so there's so much bad parts of those movies that easily could have like that could have replaced it in terms of story like there's so much filler and garbage in those movies that like a little Snoke Kylo Ren backstory could have easily replaced and been better than yeah definitely okay so with that let's let's dive into this um I was thinking maybe we do it like movie by movie where like we each share like our episode seven and then each share episode eight okay okay yeah. Um, you all, you're the guest. I'll let you get started. Tell me what's going on in your episode seven. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking we keep episode seven mostly the same. I do have one big change though, that I'm still not sure how I feel about this. Um, I think it would be cool to have Rey as Han and Leia's daughter too. And explain, she doesn't find that out until um, Han and Ben are on the bridge and Ben kills Han. Um, And then the fight that ensues between Rey and Kylo Ren in the forest, she's still kind of like processing what she heard fighting her now brother that she's learned um and then she comes back to the base and confronts Leia about it and she explains that a big part of the decision was from Luke who said 
he had messed up with Ben, so he didn't want to do the same with her. So they kind of like pushed her away to keep her safe from the force on the dark side. Do you really think Leia and Han would just like drop their kid off in the middle of nowhere? See, that's <laughs> that's uh where the holes start to form but <laughs> I I definitely like the idea of like them being like Leia be Leia and Han being raised parents and I think a lot of people thought that like might happen and then obviously it didn't um yeah I think my big thing would be the whole we just mentioned about why would they do that to their poor sweet daughter like I just can't imagine Leia being like yeah give her nothing and send her to the desert <laughs> I feel like I don't know. I guess this doesn't really make sense, but a lot of things don't make sense in the movie. Like, if they think the safest place for her is away from the Force and away from the dark side in general, like, she says she's from nowhere. And, like, Luke agrees that Jakku is basically nowhere. And if they feel like that's the safest, because, like, I feel like Ben might try to go after her, like, kind of stop her as a threat because she's obviously would be force sensitive if she was Han and Leia's daughter Mm -hmm. so maybe they just feel like her being as far away from everything would be the safest for her okay okay yeah I also think that Finn should be established as force sensitive from the start let's go (laughs) yeah (laughs) in I the first time I watched it that's what I kind of thought because Kylo Ren in the opening scene when Finn's kind of like doing his traitor stuff or whatever he like gives him this like real prolonged look that like I definitely thought he's like oh he senses something within him and then of course he has the lightsaber when they fight the first order on I don't remember where that is but like they did that and just nothing else came of it. So I think if there were little hints dropped throughout there, then what I'd write in episode eight and nine would make a lot more sense. Okay. So is that like your your episode seven edits? Um, let me look at my notes real quick. <laughs> oh, I really wish we saved Kylo Ren's lightsaber reveal. Mm. Because he, like, kind of messes the stuff up on the ship, and I felt like it wasn't very powerful. Like, if they save that for uh, when they're in the cantina and she, like, has the flashback by the lightsaber, and he, like, comes around the corner and, like, activates his lightsaber, I feel like that would be... That's just... I think that would be cooler. (laughs) You know, we're all for aesthetics around here. (laughs) Anything we can do to make Star Wars cooler. Okay. We... We have some similar concepts, different routes. So I agreed that like, I don't think there's like a ton I would change about it. I really just have like three major bullet points and two of them are like just about the ending. Um, the first one, I agreed that like, there needs to be more of a like parental dynamic between Leia and Han and Ray. I don't think they should be her actual parents just because then I think it gets a little rocky but I really they kind of like make it seem like Ray sees Han as like a father figure and that Han sees her as a daughter but then we only get him for a movie and like it's like just all so fleeting like I really wish that was built up more it's clear she has daddy issues like let's yeah. play into it like <laughs> there's some character development um then I think in the final fight, and this is to like to the point of like Finn being force sensitive, I say switch Ray and Finn's roles in the final fight and have Ray be the one that gets knocked out and is kind of down and out because it's like, it's like clear she's going to be a force user. Like we don't need any more, like we don't need her to be like some chosen one who like gets the fight. Plus like it just makes Finn look stupid that he wields the lightsaber for like 30 seconds and then gets wiped out. I want him to be the one that like fights Kylo Ren. Yeah. So, so that's like that. This is probably the most controversial part. Of oh, God. <laughs> Kill Leia, not Han. I don't know how, 
I haven't decided on how I think she would die because obviously she's mostly just on the ship. But I think logistically this would have worked better for Disney as well because as we know, Carrie Fisher died like before shooting episode, mid shooting episode eight or I don't remember the exact timeline. Yeah, I think it was during episode eight. Yeah, so then we get these like really awkward, weird scenes in episode eight where like she gets like blasted out of the spaceship and then they decide to have her force ghost her like force herself back inside and she lives and you're just like why and then you have to like completely redo her for episode nine like do the cgi stuff like just kill leia let han live on and so this combined with the ray being the one that's knocked out in the fight changes obviously the little scene at the end where like ray in the force awakens ray goes to find luke And so I have it as being like, no one like goes to find Luke immediately. Like they find out, they have the map, but they like don't jump off immediately to go do it. We still get those beautiful sweeping shots of the island and like all the water and the music plays because the music is one of the best parts of Star Wars in my opinion. Yeah. Um, We see Luke meditating. He turns around and force ghost Leia is there to... Tell, tell him that he needs to help the rebellion because we know Leia had like Jedi training like that comes up later like but I don't think it comes up in any of the movies it comes up in like Mandalorian or something like that something weird where does it come up or is it in Rise of Skywalker I do not know I know what <laughs> happens am I hallucinating I'm pretty sure it happens maybe it's I, th- I think you're right yeah no I think you're right yeah so make her a force ghost one they don't touch on force ghosts really at all in the sequel trilogy and it's like why did we make a point of that for six movies only like yoda appears in episode eight but like force ghost leia convinces i like that i like to go back to the rebellion (laughs) that's the end of my episode seven okay yeah i like that okay cool i definitely do like the idea of it being leia instead of han not not just because it works logistically as awful as that sounds but like I do think Han and Ray's dynamic was a lot better mm-hmm. and I would have been more interesting to see more of that shall I move on to episode eight yes please give us your episode eight <laughs> okay so reminder in my world Ray has just learned <clears throat> that she is Han and Leia's daughter. I think she still goes to Luke to one for an explanation and two I think because she's longed so much to like know who her parents are she sees this as an opportunity to like prove herself to Han and Leia and be like the child that they wanted Ben to be the super awesome like Jedi Knight. Mm -hmm. So she wants to do her Jedi training to do that. And I think, well, meanwhile, so the Resistance is still trying to figure out how to outrun the First Order, right? Because they're tracking them through hyperspace. Mm -hmm. I think Finn leaves again with Rose. But this time, they're searching for a bounty hunter to help them track down Rey. Oh, so they don't don't know where Rey, that Rey has gone to find Luke. No, they, maybe they do, maybe they don't. Okay. But Finn just, like, obviously he had his moments with Ray in episode seven. So, like, he is trying to find her. They still, I think the bounty hunter they're looking for is still on Canto Bite. Okay. Is that the casino world? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't write who the bounty hunter would be. I thought... <laughs> You might have some interesting ideas for that if we wanted it to be just a new person, if we wanted it to be a little blast from the past. But um, I want them to be on the casino world and find the bounty hunter in jail, just like the Codemaster was. So most of that casino scene is the same. But this time they leave and they head for Ray instead of trying to help the resistance and mostly I want 
them on the casino world so we get the broom kid scene because that's going to be very important to my episode nine (laughs) i'm so excited so back so back on the island i think we still have our force facetimes between (laughs) ray and kylo ren um and the dark side's calling out to her again and it kind of shows her both kylo ren and this dark side cave thing both show her how luke mistreated ben how her parents kind of left her how um the jedi treated anakin even and i think he this time luke actually turns her away doesn't end up training her and that is like basically she will join the dark side (laughs) It's so much better. Yes. Okay, keep going. Sorry. So basically, like this relationship between Ben and Ray is no longer romantic. They're just like partners in crime, basically. So Finn, with the help of the bounty hunter, and I guess Rose is there, whatever, doesn't really matter. <laughs> they end up finding her and they go to the island as Ray is kind of doing this flip. And so we get like a battle between Finn and Ray, where like we finally get a glimpse into like Finn and his force force sensitivity. Obviously he'd get his ass beat, but I think <laughs> she'd spare him and then leave to go meet up with Ben. Um let's see where I'm at here. Ben again captures her captures this time brings her to snoke where he kills snoke and i think there's finally like a reason for this Mm -hmm. of where snoke is kind of like holding those two back so they kill him so they can take his place put us in a writer's room (laughs) yes yes okay and i think we once again are on what is it? The red dust planet mm-hmm. with the resistance. This time it's both Ray and Kylo Ren leading the onslaught. I think Luke, once again, realizing the mistake he makes, does his little force projection thing, sacrifices himself to get the resistance away. Then we can have him as a force ghost for Finn. And I think the movie ends with Leia saying something to Finn along the lines of like we need to find more of us and then that's roll credits <laughs> beautiful um my one question what is Poe doing and all like what's going on with Poe I think Dern's still in it too because I cut yeah from- I think they're still in it I think I didn't really write this out but find some way to get away Obviously, it has to be different than having Finn come in and save the day because he's not there. But I think that's less of like a major plot point and more of like the side quest. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Wow. We um, have some similar points. <laughs> um, okay. So, my episode eight reminder um, Ray was knocked out. No one's gone to find Luke yet. Leia's dead. We got Force Ghost Leia. I want episode eight to open with the conversation between Snoke and Kylo. And this already, there's already like a conversation in The Last Jedi that like occurs pretty early um, where Snoke kind of like berates him and it's like, you're just hiding behind that mask. Like you could be better than Darth Vader, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So like that type of conversation, but it opens the movie. So we're setting like a really dark tone for this movie immediately and I want it like to be extended and also like interwoven with clips from Snoke's past that like explain how he rose to power in the first order and how him and Kylo came to like be in the places they are my backstory for Snoke he's a former inquisitor you know about the inquisitors right that are about to be in yes okay yeah 
He's a former inquisitor that's like survived through like the events of the original tr trilogy, got his face scar from Ahsoka during that period, like right after the, the prequels. I don't know, like if, I don't think I wrote like Ahsoka into any of the sequel movies. Cause I just don't know like realistic, like how realistic that would be um, in terms of timeline and stuff like that. But there needed to be a mention of it. I think everyone wanted a mention and then no one got it. And it was just like all these people who had watched Clone Wars for years. Like, <laughs> why, why did we do this? If like, we're not gonna get any info. Um, so that whole conversation happens. And like, you leave that being like, okay I know about the first order. Like I know all this stuff. Still close the segment with like Kylo like destroying his helmet. And then you get that like really nice shot of like the helmet on the ground destroyed. Yeah. And then it bangs to a flash, a uh, close up of Ray like waking up in the back of the tank, similar to um, Finn in TLJ, which like that like stark contrast already hints at like the dyad in the Force between Kylo and Kylo and Ray or whatever. Um, Han and Chewie are there like looking over her, like, "Hey kid, like, how are you?" Like, whatever. Yeah. Um, things start to get more vague from here because I was just having trouble wrapping my mind around like more plot points but I know I also want to keep the like um tracking them through light speed plot line but I think it needs to be like something that had already been happening as opposed to like the movie like just jumping in and they're in this battle and they jump to light speed and then they're like oh wait they just tracked us through light speed like I think there needs to be like there's been several instances where like resistance ships have like been tracked or like been taken down after jumping through light speed and they're not quite sure. So basically I see this scene happening as like, there's a meeting like of all the resistance people like led by Poe who's like taken over Leia's duties now. Um, and then like Han and Chewie and Ray and Finn are there and they're like addressing what the next moves are against the first order um, in a kind of like hurried fashion because they're being attacked but it's not as intense as in the last jedi and it's rose because i wanted to keep rose in it but i think her role needs to be changed a little bit it's rose who like brings up like oh hey i think they're tracking us through light speed like she's just like off in a corner of the room like fixing something and then like proposes that that's what's happening and then poe and rose become friends because i feel like in the last jedi they kind of just kicked Finn and Rose together for reasons that don't really make sense um, so yeah. I, I feel like it makes more sense for Poe and Rose to be friends because Poe is like all into the ships and is like the general and stuff like that in my universe now um, and Rose is like the mechanic so like they're friends anyway Finn and Ray both want to learn more about the force and like I was thinking like Ray wants to go the more traditional route. So she does go off and tries to go find Luke. Then I started to struggle with why she would not, um, why she would not get to train or whatever. Um, so I, I'm gonna steal your, your idea of Luke just says no, <laughs> because I think that's fun. And I want like the force FaceTimes in there because I think there's like some really, um, tense scenes um maybe take out some of the sexual tension but just like make Definitely, them yeah. in general <laughs> um so like she's going the more wants to go the more traditional route which then turns her to the dark side because we all know the traditional jedi are fucked and they have been a really bad institution um really dumb institution from the beginning of time and then finn just wants to like go the more natural route of like connecting to the force naturally and like learning as he goes and teaching himself and also wants to it's still more like focused on getting revenge on the first order for like taking him away from his family and all that stuff and like making him do these horrible things um so by the end of the movie i have ray with kylo like sith not a hundred percent sure how we got there um yeah and they're they're leading the first order. Disney can figure it out. They can figure it out. Yeah, I just need more time. It just needs to yeah. flesh out. They have years to flesh this. Yeah, out. believe it or not, we are not an entire writers' room. So. Yeah, unfortunately, I was bouncing ideas off my head alone last night as I was writing this. <laughs> okay, episode nine, the finale. 
Are you ready? This is <laughs> this is something. Okay. So we've got one side, we've got Kylo Ren and Ray now teamed up. And we have Finn, who is now in touch with the force, leading the resistance, him and Poe. I think because we had the cliffhanger in my episode eight of where Leia says we need to find more of us. I think this story revolves around the, like I said, the Cad Bane-esque device that holds all the Force-sensitive children. I think both Kylo Ren and Rey, as well as Finn and the Resistance, know like the future of this fight relies on the future of the Force. Mm -hmm. So... I don't know how we have a time jump, of course. This device is in the hands of the First Order. So we start with Finn and Poe boarding the ship to get the device, which they do. But whenever they go to like find the first child or whatever, they find the First Order's already been there. So they the First Order has a copy of some sort. So they both have all this information and it's a race to get all of these like force sensitive children from all over the galaxy. Mm-hmm. I think Finn and Poe's first stop is Canto Bite to pick up the broom kid who is now a teenager. I went ahead and cast him just for fun. Oh, <laughs> please. <laughs> you no, know, um, the kid from Wonder and from Room, Jacob Tremblay. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I think he plays our broom kid okay. who I named Noah. Mm, thought okay. it was a 4C name. So we'll just call him Noah. So Finn, Noah, and Poe, and I guess the entire resistance, but it's really just those three, are traveling the galaxy, looking for the Force-sensitive children. Finn's also teaching Noah the ways of the Force as they go, as he also learns the ways of the Force. So they're kind of learning together um some places they go to they're one step behind the first order so it's already been ran through some places they're a step ahead and the first order comes in and they have to like make these daring escapes i think leia takes care for these kids at like a force school kind of like what we saw luke building and obviously what ben ruined and the final battle takes place between um our resistance fighters Finn and Noah and then Ben and Ray somehow the the light wins Finn and Noah defeat Ben and Ray and we see like at the end the four school is thriving the resistance is kind of like coming into power getting its feet under them but we're again left with the cliffhanger because Ray and Ben also left behind some like dark side evil school to teach the children they got so there's like this whole new generation of dark side kids and that's episode nine interesting i like it how do we how do you like like is it literally just all these like cut scenes of like them going to different like how how do you keep it from feeling like too repetitive that they're just going to like different planets like what other things are thrown in there did you think about that at all (laughs) I did not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I think the um the fact that they're either like there's sometimes they're a step ahead. So they're kind of like getting some of these planets on their side before the first order can get there, like kind of building them to fight. I think that helps. And the fact that there's like these small battles in when they encounter the first order also trying to steal these children okay Okay. i also think now that i'm thinking about it i feel like there should be like some moral discussion between the resistance of like whether or not it is cool to just like take these children from their homes (laughs) do you feel like someone in the resistance who would who would put up that like pose that moral question do you think it's someone existing or it would have to be someone it, we create i think it's finn because okay. he was taken and like forced to be a stormtrooper so he kind of sees some of the parallels 
but I think maybe Luke helps him guide like through that in terms of like, well, I guess Luke wasn't really taken, but he left everything he knew. So he can kind of help ease Finn's worries in that department. Okay. I don't even remember what the original episode nine even is really, but yeah, I'm not keeping any of it. I just remember Palpatine awful, the kiss awful, whatever the weird knife device is awful. So that's all. Huh. It's so Luke is like dead in, in your episode nine, right? Like as he like dissipates at the end of episode eight. Yes. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. But he's, he's listening to and kind of there periodically to help Finn. Okay. okay. You don't seem sold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking. And I'm also like thinking about like, I'm thinking about ways that our two, our like two franchises could combine. Like, I'm just thinking of the ways they overlap in that we could really, really sell the shit out of this. <laughs> I'm interested because you rewrote nine completely too, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, basically because I had to, because I rewrote episode eight entirely. <laughs> so there's nowhere to go, but I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, also, like, I did not want Palpatine coming back. Um, I will just claim that I really, really wanted to find a way to get, like, Force Ghost Anakin in here. Um, <laughs> I, I could not. I could not figure it out, so I didn't do it. <laughs> but I did think about it. It was something I thought about. Because that's, like, if there is one part about the Rise of Skywalker I like, it's when Rey's, like, laying down on the floor after she's been, like, knocked out. And like all of the Jedi voices talk to her and they're like, get up, Ray. And it's like voices from all of the different franchises and all the different Jedi. That's one scene I like. Probably the only scene I like from that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. So as I said, at the end of my episode eight, Kylo and Ray are similar to you are overseeing the first order together. They're growing more powerful by the second. Um, but secretly, and I haven't mentioned this character at all yet, but he's in there. General Hux has been like fostering kind of like distrust and like some rebellion from inside the first warder. Not, not like rebellion as in the resistance, but just, he doesn't like Kylo. He doesn't like Ray and he wants to be in power. So general, general Hux is like finagling. He's the mole in nine, right? Am I remembering that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't have him like working with the resistance in this. He's moment. just, he's just doesn't rock with Kylo. So yeah. he's getting a little uprising going. Okay. Kylo's just a bully. So he just doesn't, he just wants to get rid of him. So um, that's going on. Finn is still like trying to like reckon with like learning the force. And so like Force Ghost Leia is helping him with that. Um, meanwhile, Han and Chewie and Force Ghost Leia a little bit are very set on trying to get their kids back to the light side. Um, Not really sure what's going on. There's just going to be some scenes where they talk about trying to get their kids back to the light side. I don't know. (laughs) The middle of this movie, I started to get tired of trying to think of things, so I went to bed. But I know that the end would kind of play out where Force Ghost Luke, who has also, I don't know why he... No, 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 not Force Ghost Luke, regular Luke. Luke does not die in mine like he does at the end of episode eight. Luke is still alive. He's told Ray he doesn't want him, but he still felt regret this whole time about the Kylo Ren situation and the Ben Solo situation. So okay. at the end of mine, I see it playing out a little bit like there's like some big, the first resistance inv- invades one of the big first order, sh- the resistance invades one of the big first order ships. Um, and Han and Luke has come and like Chewie, like everyone's there on this ship trying to pull something off. I don't know what they're trying to pull off. They're probably trying to like defeat, I don't know, do something. Um, And there's a, there's a Kylo and Luke kind of like standoff battle and then like a Han and Rey type like conversation, Um, not really a battle, but like- That wouldn't really be fair. (laughs) Yeah, just like these two separate like conversations where like, 
Luke is like apologizing and really trying to get Kylo to come back. And then like Han is like, we never, I never wanted this for you. Like, I know I'm not your dad, like blah, blah, blah. But like, you've always deserved better than this to Ray. Like, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. Um, one of them dies. I don't know who. I could not make <laughs> my mind. Someone, someone has to die. I was leaning towards Ray, but then I was like, oh, but then am I going to get in trouble for killing off the only fe- like female character? <laughs> like, like where? So then I was like, Kylo. Um, one of them dies. That's all I really know. And then like the other like pairing like successfully, like the other person successfully brought back to the light and someone kills General Hux. As you can tell, I had a very rough outline for nine. <laughs> very much a work in progress, but um, yeah, that's like the the gist of it, I guess. Okay. I, I do like having Han alive still. Yeah. Now that I see it. Um, I feel like now we've got to like try to piece together at least a little bit of a combination. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we've definitely got Ray joins the dark side, teams up yeah. with Kylo Ren. Finn trains as a Jedi. Mm-hmm. I like Leia dying. Han living and then who knows <laughs> I mean as like a sub like how Ray gets to the dark side I like your plan of like Luke seeing like the connection between Ray and Kylo with like the force facetimes and kind of being like yeah I'm not doing this again so like that can definitely be how she gets there um Snoke and Snoke background I think we both agreed on needing some sort of Snoke background um before just so when he dies that it makes sense (laughs) yeah yeah okay I feel like we this was good this was yeah much more entertaining franchise than what we got either way either way whichever story which (laughs) let me speak English whichever of our sequel Disney wants to go with I think is going to be better than uh what they already have yeah and I mean we have like a good basis to to combine too and like kind of weave together solve solve each other's plot holes and and kind of make it you know who knows yeah. like 30 years from now they might decide to redo the sequel <laughs> like, Disney already scrapped like a bunch of canon when it bought Star Wars so maybe someone yeah. else buys Star Wars and then scrap all of Disney's canon are they making more movies? Has there I, been anything about that? I don't, I don't think like Skywalker saga movies, so like main trilogy movies. Um, there might be more. They need to like just give John Favreau three movies and let him do whatever the hell he wants to do. <laughs> True. Oh wait, no, I forgot that they're they do have like three dates for movie releases like on the calendar in the next 10 years but like I don't think they know what they're doing it says that there's which this first one is definitely not um still standing though it says this article I'm reading it from was published six days ago um but December 22nd 2023 December 19th, 2025, and December 17th, 2027 are all like supposedly Star Wars movie dates. Um, Interesting. And I don't think they've got a movie in the next 15 months or whatever that is. Yeah, no. And like, I know like Taika Waititi was tapped to direct something, but like, I don't think that would be, like, I don't know. Oh, this is saying there's another Rian Johnson ryan johnson um trilogy which i i liked the last jedi more than most people but if they let him do that they're gonna have like a whole uprising on their hands i think (laughs) yeah yeah i did too like seven and eight i like Mm -hmm. like there's obviously a couple issues i have with them but i like them but then 
nine is just a dumpster fire that it was like Christina tweeted a couple months ago that her parents were watching it and we're talking about how awful it was and I was also watching it on TNT at that same time and like you really like like me thinking about it right now I'm like yeah it was bad but then you go back and watch it and you're like oh my god this is like a terrible movie yeah I've rewatched it a a couple times and it does not get better yeah it's not just like a terrible Star Wars movie like the movie in general is bad the dialogue the filmmaking in general yeah it's just like it's also right I mean of course this all ties back to I mean we've done more work than than Disney did when they made the sequel trilogy because everyone knows that they did not plan it out as a trilogy they planned them in single movie installments which why would that ever make sense like when you're making a series you have to have like an end point like you have to know like this is where these characters are starting and this is where these characters are going to end up. Yeah, they need to have motivation. Yeah, like, you can't just, like, be like, okay, so here's a movie and then here's another movie with the same characters and then here's one more movie with the same <laughs> characters. All different directors. We don't know what's going on. Like, that's essentially what happened. I think I would love if they did more, like, of the standalone stuff. Like, Rogue One is one of the best star wars movies in my opinion yeah um i'm not a huge fan of solo though i haven't watched in a while i need to rewatch. like all right but yeah i i just think they need to like obviously star wars is so vast and like you can literally like make anything up like it's just crazy amounts of space and Mm -hmm. time and like just abandon skywalker all this stuff and just like try again yeah like good try but let's do it again like Mm -hmm. and then like all the star wars fans aren't mad about like oh this doesn't make sense with luke's character he wouldn't like the 1984 movie says that whatever like just do something new and cool because you can you don't have to like mess with all this old stuff that's already like good on its own yeah well and like between the movies and like all the tv shows there are so many characters that have like that could have these rich backstories that people have grown to love that like they just we haven't spent enough time with to like know like a Lando movie would be great a Cad Bane movie could be interesting like a bounty hunter centered movie like that could be really cool yeah Um, or even like a limited series like one season six episodes and like each episode is a different like bounty hunter or something like that like those are the type of projects that I think people want now so Okay, you all know the drill if you've been listening uh, to you like that since it started. I'm going to give you a quick uh, top five pop culture things kind of to pay attention to, um, to bring your attention to. Some of them like aren't long lasting things. So I just going to bring it up with you. And I'm going to rapid fire through these a little bit because I don't want it to tack on a lot to the end of this episode because it's already been so robust. First, I already mentioned it kind of at the top of the pod when I was introducing Jake. But Heartstopper is a new Netflix show. It's based on a graphic novel. It's dropping April 22nd. It's this really cute LGBTQ romance about these two um, boys, Charlie and Nick, who go to um, like the same, I believe in England, they call it like secondary school, like same high school. Um, Super cute. I read the first like installment of the graphic novel all in one work shift, like Honestly, probably, I think it took me less than an hour to get through it, which, like, yeah, it's a graphic novel, but it's, I mean, it's, like, a good, like, 150 pages, I think. The rest of them, um, I've been trying to read online. They have them on, the author has them posted on Tumblr, and then there's also, like, a couple websites that have aggregated them and have them up there, but you can buy physical copies. That's how I read the first one. Shout out, Jake, for lending it to me. Um, Secondly, I... I'm an avid follower of Dumois and obviously anytime I bring up something from Dumois I'll give like the same disclaimer that they always give on their page which that like anything you hear from them has to be taken with a grain of salt because it's all like anonymous for the most part or a lot of it is anonymous um, especially when they get like email tips on things. So this was in their like Wednesday mailbag 
this week. Um, and hold on, let me pull up the full thing so I can read it to you what it said. Oh, God, it's not available anymore. Anyway, it was an email that said something like this male lead of a critically acclaimed musical um, who was formerly canceled isn't like out of the woods yet. There's more information coming out um, about other relationships and interactions, including one with a child. Um, that to me was obvious from the get go that it was Ansel Elgort um, prior to the West Side Story release, but after they wrapped filming, um, this was back in like summer of 2020, there were several allegations of him like sexually harassing um, girls on Snapchat, several who were underage. Um, I don't know exactly how old he is, but pretty sure he's close to 30 now. Um, so that's just really disappointing and gross. Um, I love that movie and I will continue to watch it because Rachel Zegler and the rest of the cast deserve all the recognition, but that just sucks. Um, and hopefully, hopefully we won't see him in a lot more coming soon. I think he had just had something come out on HBO Max and I was like, how is he getting roles still? But then again, Hollywood let people like Harvey Weinstein, um, rule for decades. Anyway, on to happier news. Brooklyn Beckham and his girlfriend, Nicola Peltz, um, got married this week. There's a lot of discourse about, <laughs> about, uh, David Beckham and, oh God, why am I blanking on his wife's name? Posh Spice. Um, <laughs> I'll use her Spice Girl's name. Oh, why can I not think of it? Anyway, there's a lot of discourse about Brooklyn's parents and honestly, the rest of his family looking better than he did on his wedding day. I thought he still looked good. I've always thought he was a cutie. He had this like weird kind of like five o'clock shadow going on though. That was just like, why would you not be clean shaven or have grown out a beard for your wedding? It was kind of odd. But the super cute thing is that he actually took his um, wife's last name. He took Nicola's name as his middle name. So he's like Brooklyn Peltz Beckham and she's Nicola Peltz Beckham. So like that's super cute and I love it. Lizzo, who was hosting SNL this week and is the musical guest. I need to remind myself of that so I can watch. I need to record it. Um, Lizzo released her new shapewear line called, called Yitty on Monday. I haven't like actually been on the website yet, but I follow their Instagram account um, and obviously have followed her for several years now. It looks super cute. It, everything looks really flattering. Um, I love the message behind it of like shapewear doesn't need to be stigmatized. Doesn't mean, need to be something to be ashamed of. Like you can look cute and wear shapewear. Um, so I'm definitely checking that out. Um, she's been very size inclusive about it all. I mean, obviously, um, that's kind of been one of Lizzo's entire brands. Um, yeah. And then the final thing, this is less of like a, well, this is a pop culture thing to pay attention to, but I saw a theory on TikTok. Um, it came from this girl whose handle is at classic lore, um, L-A-U-R. And it's this theory that multiverse movies are a response to the pandemic in the same way that superhero movies are a response to nine of, were a response to 9-11 and zombie movies were a response to the recession, which I think is really interesting. I had been been kind of wondering about like, it feels like a lot of multiversal stuff has come out since um, Spider-Man or has been like announced. Like there's the A24 movie, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think that's the title um, that just came out to rave reviews. It's on my to watch list for sure. But that's like also like a multiversal story, which like we haven't really seen any of this before. And I definitely um, was intrigued by this theory that like, we're going to see a lot more multiversal stuff because people want to be entertained by like the notion of what if there was another timeline where COVID-19 wasn't happy? Like what if there were just other timelines where things were happier or better or whatever? So I'll be curious to see like how that plays out over the rest of this year and the coming years. I mean, obviously like superhero movies are still like a major um, genre and 
zombie zombie media has fallen off a bit, but I mean, we saw like a good like what probably like five to ten year period where like everyone was obsessed with zombies. There was so much zombie media when I was like middle school aged, like late elementary to middle school aged. It's, it's kind of inc- insane to think about. So those are my top five pop culture things to pay attention to. If you think there's stuff I'm missing or like you want to send in recommendations during the week of something that I should mention on the pod, please do. I like try my best to bookmark things as I see them throughout the week and then we'll like scroll through. But like obviously there's always things I miss. Um, Reality TV is something I'm not like super into. But if there's like something you think I should be talking about, I would love to hear it. Um, and yeah, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was a blast for me to talk with Jake and I already have next week's episode lined up with another special guest and I will chat with you all then.